If there is a serviceable toilet close at hand, always use it. If you feel the vaguest urge to go to the toilet, don't wait. Always use a functional toilet nearby rather than hoping for one later, even if you don't really need to go that much yet. That is one of the most important pieces of life advice I can offer. Uh, why are you telling me this, DM? Just collecting my profound thoughts, Clutterbuck. Collecting and cataloging in case they're useful to mankind someday. Can you collect one of my thoughts? Sure, if it's profound enough. Maybe I'll even steal it for myself. Hit me with your profound thought, Clutterbuck. It doesn't count as cheating if it's with a goat. Hmm, that's not bad, not bad. I'll make a note of it, but I can't guarantee it's getting into the catalogue. Seriously, if it was cheating, then my cousin would be a bigamist like five times over. Uh Uh-huh. It does count as cheating with a dolphin or any kind of great ape because they have human-like intelligence, but with lesser primates, go for it. Great, great, great. Uh, I got some advice. Really, Roland? Eh, grab the bush. What? Some blokes, they're too careful, and they move too slow, and chicks, they get bored, mate. So when you know a girl's into you, you just gotta grab the bush. Works every time. Mm-hmm. And how do you know if she's into you? I don't know. If she laughs at your jokes, if she stands up for you on the bus, if she gives you change when you buy milk, you just gotta grab the bush, mate. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not sure about that one, Roland. We'll put that one in the appendix. In the bush appendix. Sure. <laughs> in the bush appendix. Storehouse of knowledge of all things bush related. Bonza. Oh, and you should also put any holes a goal. And if you see a crack, attack. Uh-huh. And uh, how many times have you been arrested, Roland? Just a couple. I see. Of dozen. Happy days, friends. What is it, Keith? I am gainfully employed. I finally found an acting job. The script is getting sent to me tomorrow. A, a, a real job? And, and you're getting paid just, just for pretending? I know. It's great, isn't it? When you're famous, we can be your entourage, following you around, getting access to special places, having a lot of sex, like in that HBO show. Which show? Entourage? No, Oz. Oh, I'm so excited. When I'm famous, women will want me. And probably in the script there will be lots of sex scenes. You know what movies are like nowadays. It will be all waving boobies and simulated rumpy pumpy. And I can't wait to simulate it. I wonder how many nude actresses I'll have to simulate intercourse with on the first day. When you're... Famous? Will you still be friends with us? No! That's the best part! I can finally move up to a better class of friends with a better class of people and leave all you schmucks behind. Oi! I'm not a schmuck. Wait, does schmuck mean competent to raise a child? Uh, No. Oh, well, in that case, I probably am a schmuck. Yes, all of you I can abandon. I will only have friends who are in the industry, and I'll date movie stars and and models and rock stars all at once. And if I see you in the street, I will shun you, and it will feel, oh, oh, so good. I shunned Clutterbuck the other day. It did feel pretty good. It didn't. For me, I I felt hurt. Why did you shun me, DM? I I thought I was your friend. 
Why are you talking to me, strange man? I don't know you. Wait for it. Wait for it. There are those endorphins. <sighs> but meanwhile, you'll see me in magazines and on the covers of Blu-rays, and you'll be so jealous. Because deep down, you think you're special, but you're really not. Not as special as me! And even though you'll hate me, and will be soul-crushingly jealous of me, uh, you, can, you will tell everyone you meet! Yeah, I knew Keith. Yeah, I used to live with that guy. Because you won't be able to help it. You'll be grasping pathetic nothings, eager just to grab the barest coat tale of my celebrity. Seriously, Keith knows us really well. You do, Keith. You only met us a few weeks ago, and it's now like we're open books to you. You're a really good judge of character, Keith. Oh, it's part of acting. I see into the souls of those around me. I become people. I lose myself in the role of another. I'm not boring like you guys, see? They don't make movies about boring people. I only become interesting people, classic characters, great historical figures. But you, simpletons, your souls are transparent to me. I spend my time becoming and truly understanding great people, while zeros like you guys are left in the dust. A great character might take me a week to fathom, but you guys, I see through you in a second. Uh, I'm interesting. A professional took my photo the other day. I think it's because my face has great character. Was it a police mugshot, Roland? Yeah, but it was also because my face has great character. Shady character, drunken disorderly character, lots of character. Oh, I can feel it. The cusp. Here I am, the last few days, I'll ever have to even be aware of hobos like you guys before I move on to my new and exciting life. To think I was once poor and unknown. <laughs> How distant and silly those days seem to me now. Your mother would be pretty proud. Yeah, she would. But sadly, she passed away last week. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ah, no, it's fine. You see, she had reserved a plot of land as a grave in this really exclusive cemetery. She arranged it years ago, back when it was all cheap. Never burn me, she said. It is an agony for me to think of my body going into the fire. Let me rest at peace beside your father, looking out over the sea. Uh, those were her last words. Happy even in death. That's all any of us could ask for. Uh, anyway, I wasn't going to let such an exclusive plot of land go to waste, so as soon as she died, I sold it, propped her in the oven of the crematorium, and used the money I made from selling her grave to pay for an agent. And it was the agent who got me this script I just signed on for. So it all worked out in the end. There are Mum's ashes up there on the shelf. As her bones crackled in the fire behind that metal doorway, I swear it almost sounded like she was screaming. <laughs> The funeral director told me that was probably just the hiss of gas main as it brought the fuel to incinerate her. Next week, Dad is, Dad is getting a Russian pastry chef buried next to him. How cool is that? A Russian pastry chef? The, the timing is, uh, well, it's perfect. Your life has really worked out, Keith. Uh, evidently, it was in the stars. <laughs> me, me becoming a star. It was in the stars. <laughs> I always wondered when my destiny would arrive, and now finally it has. So, uh, what's the name of the script? Uh, it's called My Life, My Love, My Great and Overwhelming Loathing. Oh, great! They picked it up! They said there was a chance it would get produced. What? My script! The script based on my life! They said they found the central character, so 
perverse and bizarre that it reminded them of the innovations of Fellini. <laughs> they said they were going to get the script produced, and I guess they have. That's great. I'm sure to get a tidy sum. But wait, I'm I'm playing the lead, so that means so that means I'm playing you, you who who never has girlfriends or sees women naked, you who is so banal, ugly, wretched, paunchy, you. Well, it's my life. Of course, the lead is me. <laughs> you get to play me in my biography. This is K9 reporting, Master. You sent me to study the FM band radio program known as the Role Playing Hour and determine whether it is in need of cancellation. The answer is affirmative. All right, Keith. Now we're just going to shave off these luscious locks of yours. No! I'm balding, Keith. If you're going to play me in a movie about my life, you have to look the part. We have to thin out your lush, manly hair and make it more like the thinning, unhealthy end of summer cricket pitch you see here on my head. Damn, I'd say your scalp looks less like a cricket pitch and more like the uh, kind of wispy fur you get around a dog's vagina. Yes, yes, that's true. My scalp is decorated in a manner similar to the follicle coverage you would find on a dog's underbelly or vagina area. You can see all the kinds of blue-grey skin underneath. If you had fleas, you'd see them crawling around. If you had six nipples, you'd see them on your head. No, no! I was so handsome before! Now, Keith, you can't be handsome if you hope to play me. My life and its various events would seem nonsensical if I was played by a handsome actor. Why are people being so contemptuous to this handsome hirsute guy, people would wonder. Why are they scorning this dreamboat ubermensch? No, my life story only makes sense if the actor portraying me is appropriately loathsome. Prepare to be made in my image, Keith. Prepare to be uglified. <laughs> made in my image. That makes me like, like God. And you are my Adam. No. Oh, each hair being plucked from my head. People who see this movie aren't going to know me as the striking and confident man women want and men want to be. I'm not going to be shown to my best advantage. No one is going to see this movie and want to hire me as the next James Bond. They're going to see this film and wonder, who is this ugly freak? But I don't actually look like that. I don't look like you. Just look, uh, just, just think. Charles Theron in Monster Keith. <gasps> You're right. Hey, maybe I could win an Academy Award for this. Hey, 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 don't get carried away, Keith. Actors win awards for transforming their bodies only for movies in which the story being told is also controversial, moving, or compelling. But you're playing the DM, and his life story is boring, mundane, and uneventful. Also, people only get praised for transforming their appearances if the appearance was recognised beforehand. Yes, like I said, I think the producers picked it up because they thought it was arty. Who is this Fellini-like grotesque, they said. This is almost a non-movie. It tells no story and defies convention. Oh, and they never give awards to the actors in B-art movies. Even in A-art movies, only the directors can faintly hope for awards. And even then, usually no one wins awards. No one gave an award to Jack Nance for a razor head. And even David Lynch never won an Oscar. 
They'll just remember me as the zany, unimportant sidekick to a memorably weird director. And that's in a best-case scenario. Oh, why am I doing this? I have nearly thinned out your entire scalp, sir. You're almost ready for the makeup chair. Seriously, Keith, some advice? Put sunscreen on that baby. I got my first bald man sunburn the other day. It wasn't my first because I only recently started balding. Oh no, I've been balding for ages, as embarrassing Facebook photos will well attest. But I've pathologically avoided the sun for a long time, like Gollum. I happened to be caught in the sun through no fault of my own. And goddammit, my head got roasted, skin peeling off my entire scalp. This Australian sun is diabolical. Slip, slop, slap, my friend. Of course, the greasy sunscreen will only serve to highlight the sickly sparseness of the rest of your thinning hair, but health before beauty. And done. Oh, ouch. Plucking all that hair hurt. Next, we move you to the makeup chair, where we will fix you with this latex and airbrush, your skin the appropriate deathly white and grey colour to match the DM's pallor. You won't look like the DM unless you resemble the rotting, bloated carcass of a beached sea cow. Ha! Isn't it funny? This paint colour I'm applying is actually called Dugon White. Well, there you go. (laughs) Before this, my agent said that with the right personal trainer, I could have been a Clio Bachelor of the Year. What are you doing to me? What if I get typecast from this movie? Don't worry, only arty types will see this. Of course, university students the world over have been known to wear t-shirts of Jack Nance from a razor head, so your balding bust of the DM's pillow may be immortalised forevermore on the athletic bodies of intelligent, young impressionables who are training to become future leaders of the film industry. But, you know, no biggie. And there, bloated beached sea cow. The perfect DM look. What about my scraggly, ugly, black facial hairs bulging out of my face like Steve Buscemi's eyebrows? We'll add them in post. Huh. Hey, babies, it's your director here, Fred Cello Bagarino, and the how is my star, Maudlin, and with a tenuous grip on his self-esteem. Great, great, you really are taking on the DM persona, really living in the part. Now, we're going to go on to film the DM's birth and early life scenes. Great. Thanks for letting me stay on the set, Fredicello. No, DM, you are an inspiration. I am a happy person, you know. And sometimes I will be shooting and I will let my happiness and my joy for life get the better of me. But with you here, I just have to look over and I am reminded of how terrible and bleak your existence must be. And I can channel that into my art. Plus, you can inspire my performance with your patently uninspired existence. Your presence on set is crucial. Keith, I did suggest at one point, (laughs) funnily enough, that I might play myself. (laughs) Yes, but no one wants to see that. Film is still a realm of fantasy. No one wants to see the actual DM. It would be too depressing. People come to the theatre to escape. After all, I wish I could escape. Now, now, you signed the contract. Uh, Did you find a good wolf in the end, Mr. Buggerino? A wolf? Yes, did you not read the script? I was raised by a wolf. My father said my mother was a whore, so he dumped me in the woods to be raised by wolves. He was a big believer in nurture instead of nature. Yes, yes, we found the wolf. So this is the first scene. Now, Keith, get on your mark beneath the wolf. Okay. And Keith, now circle on the wolf's 
teeth. Ah, this takes me back. It's like watching my own childhood. Okay. I'm going to suckle. Somebody change the wolf! No! The wolf is supposed to do that! Yes, it turns out the wolf I tried to suckle in the wild really didn't like being suckled. Was really protective of its teats for some reason. So it used to bite me very painfully whenever I tried to take sustenance. I still feel guilty about taking anything into my body that I require for life till this day. Yes, we had to train this wolf especially to bite. It took three months and cost thousands of dollars. It turns out that most wolves have a natural maternal protective instinct and would never bite anything suckling from them. But we had to have this trainer nearly starve the wolf, rewarding it with treats, training its biting instinct 24 hours a day so that it would learn to savagely maul anyone who went near its undercarriage. <laughs> now, circle. <laughs> okay. No! Great. Now, Keith, if you could just get up on the mock-up of the burned-out Datsun and strangle my twin over there. I believe when I strangled my twin, I was thinking, I want more wolf milk. You know, if that helps you to act and really get into the mind of the character. Yes, today we just have a latex animatronic twin, so you can strangle as hard as you like. Yes, not like my real twin, who was flesh and blood, <laughs> and who wanted my precious wolf milk. But, you know, kids will be kids, and you can convict people for crimes committed during infancy. <laughs> Starving in the woods, it, it, it makes you hungry. I was waiting in line for a McFlurry the other day, and I just wanted to murder the person in front of me because they were taking so long to decide. I completely sympathise with your twin strangling, DM. Thanks, Clutterbuck. It's taken me a long time to forgive myself. I still haven't forgiven myself. Okay, and now... Strangle the twin. Okay. Hey, why is it making those choking sounds? That's a puppeteer under the mock-up of the shell of the burned-out Datsun set, simulating choking. And now, you need more energy to choke, so drink some more wolf's milk. Okay. This is Jonathan Frakes, and I hate the role-playing hour so much that whenever I hear it, I want to eject my warp core. Now, carry it, Keith. Carry it! Oh, I can't carry it. Carry it, Keith. You're recreating my life at 16 when I had to carry the white man's burden from Bombay to Bangladesh. But it's so heavy. What's in this thing? Carry it, Keith. Carry the white man's burden. Let us see your pain. It's breaking my shoulders. Oh, and Keith, something else we haven't told you. Clutterbuck has been cast as my overbearing father. He's going to play the man who undercut me every day with his fire and brimstone teachings, executed with poor diction and the frequent mispronouncing of words. Clutterbuck's audition was clearly the best. Jeez, thanks, guys. Now, Clutterbuck, start insulting Keith. You hate your son, and you want him to fail. Go! The bow of God's wrath is bent, and the arrow made ready on the string. And justice bends the arrow at your heart and strains the bow. 
and it is nothing but the mere pleasure of God, and that's of an angry God without any promise or obligation at all that keeps the arrow one moment from being made drunk with your blood. And you are thus in the hands of an angry God. Tis nothing but his mere pleasure that keeps you from being this moment swallowed up in everlasting destruction. What? What did I do? I'm just trying to carry this burden, this terrible white man's burden. The God that holds you over the pit of hell, much as one holds a spider or some loathsome insects over a fire, abhors you and is dreadfully provoked. His wrath towards you burns like fire. His, he looks upon you as worthy of nothing else but to be cast into the fire. He is of purer eyes than to bear to have you in his sight. You are ten thousand times so embodimal to in his eyes as the most hateful, venomous scepter is in ours. You have offended him infinitely more than ever a stubborn rebel did his prince. And yet tis is nothing but his hand that holds you from falling into the fire every moment. Tis to be ascribed to nothing else that you did not go to hell that last night, that you, that you was suffered to wake again in this world after you closed your eyes to sleep. And there is no reason to be given why you have not dropped into hell since you arose this morning, but that God's hand has held you up. Oh, no! What did I do? <laughs> That's it, Keith. Live the part. You know, Buggerino, this really takes me back. It's like seeing a family photo album come to life. That's it. Feel the pain. Good stumbling, but don't drop the white man's burden. In hell, tis everlasting wrath. It would be dreadful to suffer this fierceness and wrath of Almighty God one moment. But you must suffer it to all eternity. There will be no end to this exquisite, horrible misery. When you look forward, you shall see a long, forever and boundless duration before you, which will swallow up your thoughts and amaze your soul. And you will be absolutely despaired of ever having any deliverance, any end, any mitigation, any rest at all. You will know certainly that you must wear out long ages, millions of millions of ages in wrestling and conflicting with this almighty merciless vengeance. And then, when you have done so, when so many ages have actually been spent by you in this manner, you will know that it is all but a point to what remains. So your punishment will indeed be infinite. Dad? Dad? Read me more Charles Bukowski, Dad! Uh, dear, that is not your father, remember? That is just an actor portraying your father. D oh, oh, uh, of course. <clears throat> just got confused for a moment. <laughs> Thought I was a little boy again, getting curled up for a storybook time and tucked into bed. There is no, there is reason to think that there are many in this congregation now hearing this discourse that will actually be the subjects of this very misery to all eternity. 
We know not who they are or in what seat they sit or what thoughts they have. It may be that they are at ease and hear all these things without much disturbance and now are flattering themselves that they are not the persons promising themselves that they have shall escaped. If we knew that there was one person and but one in the whole congregation that was to be the subject of this misery, what an awful thing would it be to think of? If we knew who it was, what an awful sight would it be to see such a person? How might all of all the rest of the congregation lift up a lamentable and bitter cry over him? But alas, instead of one, how many is it likely to be remembered this discourse in hell? And would it be a wonder if some that are pres- now present should not be in hell in a very short time before the year is out? And would it be no wonder if some person that sits here in some seat at this meeting house in health and quiet and secure should be there before tomorrow morning? Oh, I'm trying, Dad. I'm trying. I don't think I'm a sinner. Read me tales of ordinary madness again, Dad. Oh, oh, um, sorry. I'm trying. I can't carry... I can't carry the white man's burden anymore. I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to... It's so heavy! Oh. Hey, the white man's burden was full of nothing but capitalism and post-colonial confusion. Cut! Okay, and we will have a break for tea, everyone. Clutterbuck, you were great! Thanks, buggerino. Ah, I could do with a nice cup of tea. Uh, Keith, nice work. You're a very intense actor. You really seem to be inhabiting the part. Uh, Keith, hey, let me help you up. <gasps> Look at that, DM. He's flinching just like a like a beaten puppy. Uh, have the people stopped yelling at me now? Yes, Keith, the people have stopped yelling at you now. <gasps> Hello, Keith, it's just me. Oh, oh, the makeup girl. Yes, yes, this is all just a fantasy, isn't it? An act. Is it time for my makeup? Yes, here's your mirror. <laughs> is that. Is that me? I look so. And a little more black around the eyes. And I just pluck out a little a bit of this hair that's growing back. Oh, and another one. And one more. Ah! Very nice work on keeping your eyes bloodshot, Keith. Have to hand it to these caterers. They brew a good English breakfast. Uh, Mr. Buggerino. Ah, uh, please, please, call me Signor Buggerino. Oh, like the donkey and Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore Buggerino, I just wanted to ask, what is my motivation in the next scene? Ah, your motivation is, you hate your son. Okay, thanks for that. I'll write that down in the margin. I hate my son. <laughs> just an act, isn't it? Just an act. I don't need to lose myself in this role like Peter Sellers. No, no, I can just take the paycheck like Marlon Brando and Superman. I can do this. I can do this. Hey, Clutterbuck, while we drink some tea, do you want to run some lines? Sure. 
Next scene, I say, you're a failure, son. Uh, okay, and I say, why won't you just let me grow and be who I want to be? You don't know who you want should be. Your brain is mush and your heart is black as sin. But no, no, I... No, Dad, no! You gotta let me grow. You told me... You told me I'd never fall in love, never get married. But you're wrong. I will fall in love. That... That, that was my line. Why do you hate me, Dad? What did I do wrong? I always tried to do what you wanted. DM, I'm... I'm I always your... tried to do what you wanted! Oh, hey, what the hell? Uh, DM, stop throttling him! He didn't do anything! <sighs> no, 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 he didn't, did he? He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He just wanted me to be all that I could be. He just wanted me to stop being a dirty little sinner. Uh, okay, boys, tea breaks up. It's time for the next scene. Listeners, what happens next in the DM's life? How do you think the next scene of the movie should go? The DM is a young man. Why don't you tell us how the next chapter of his autobiography plays out? Just dial 83135000 or message us by writing on our Facebook page. Just look for the role-playing hour on Facebook. That's R-O-L-E. The www.facebook.com slash the role-playing hour. You're listening to Keith Clutterbuck, Fredicello, Bagarino, the DM, and the DM's fire and brimstone father, uh, at least in spirit, here on the role-playing hour on the set of My Life, My Love, My Great and Overwhelming Loathing, and simultaneously on Radio Adelaide, digital radio online at 101.5 FM. We can be emailed during the week at the role-playing hour at hotmail.com. We're also putting every one of our old episodes of the role-playing hour up on our WordPress page. The address is theroleplayinghour.wordpress.com But right now, call in 83135000 or Write us a message on our Facebook page telling what happens next in the DM's life story. This is Corin Nimick, and I hate the role-playing hour because they had sex with David Faustino's midget mother, and it was my turn. Do you want to own a part of Radio Adelaide? Well, you can't. But you can give them money and receive very little in return. Yes, by subscribing $52 a year or $26 concession, uh, then you will get a magazine sent out to you. You will know that you're supporting a community station that is uh, supported by the listeners. I think a reasonable amount of funding still comes from people subscribing, so you're not... I mean, it's not... It may feel like a drop in the ocean, but it's not necessarily a drop in the ocean. You're, you're helping. It's a, like a drop of... I don't know. Helium. <laughs> A drop of in the ocean? Helium in the ocean. Mm. Well, uh, helium's rare these days. So. Mm. Oh, especially in the ocean. Yeah, there's no way yeah. I can make that metaphor work. You say. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the ocean can also disgorge its contents to you in reward. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> In a lovely magazine. <laughs> in, the, in the magazine. And whatever that is, the Leviathan swishing around uh, down there in the bowels of the earth. Flicking his tail, he can flick up for you uh, two season passes to Selbian Friends. Classical Music 2013 Concert Season, valued at $450. Yes, mm-hmm. one subscriber will win that great prize. So, uh, just to subscribe, dial 83135000 during business hours. Not sure what they are now, because half the station seems to be on holiday, but probably someone will be in during business hours. Uh or also on the website you can find. Just Google Radio Adelaide and there'll be links to subscribe, which I believe probably sends you back toward dialing the station. But I'm not sure. So just, uh, yeah, keep that in the back of your head. Now, do we have 
Does anyone does anyone know my life story very well? Uh, we don't have any questions to that, but oh. we have a question. Mm. Uh, a completely unrelated question. Yeah, it's unusual. <laughs> I'm yeah. Shocked. Mm. I love mm. these unrelated questions. So mm. uh, now, Jess, lovely How Jess. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Uh, no, no, that, that was that last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It just says, if you were going to kidnap Will and Kate's baby when it's mm-hmm. born, how much would you hold it ransom for? That's just what we need. Another Will and Kate radio hoax. <laughs> what makes this country great, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. That was- yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to remember a different part of my life. I'm going to remember when I got my first dog. Uh, I remember those days. No Here, one- Fido. Here, Fido. Oh, Fido. Oh, hey, Fido. Hey. Oh, Fido. Hey, come on. Come- yeah, it was a... Beautiful day. I remember Christmas morning. I got out of bed. I came downstairs. Hey, Fido! Fido! Oh, Fido! Hey, Fido! Stop that! Hey, whoa, Fido! Oh, I love you too, Fido. I remember my birthday. Oh, it was magical. Fido! Hey, Fido! What? Oh, Fido! Come on, Jesus! Fido! I remember when I was in hospital for that dog transmitted disease. Hey, Fido! Hey, what are you doing? Come on, Fido! Hey, hey! I thought we liked each other. Jesus, the skin is coming on my face. Beautiful days. Mm. Beautiful day. Yeah. Mm. Lucky they put you in one of those rare hospitals where you can let dogs in. Mm. This awesome. is John Reese Davis, and I hate the role playing hour because they smell like a dirty girl's pants. Why would I hate a dirty girl's pants? <laughs> You've got the wrong dwarf there, laddie. And now you get to play me becoming a man and getting rejected by my first 17 women. It's just an act. It's just an act. It's just an act. You're not really the DM. And action! Uh, hello there, ma'am. Go away! Uh, how are you, miss? Get away from me! Uh, what's up, lady? Get away from me, you ugly boating toad. Hey, are you from Canada? I'd like to go there one day. Oh my god, Grody, one of the native animals is trying to attack me. And we'll do the rest of the montage of slaps. Let's move on to the scene of the confrontation with the father. You should not be sharing your sin. You should be not forcing... Uh, you should not be forcing on these girls your sinful desires. But, Dad... You just want to rut in the streets, but how easily those streets could open up and reveal a chasm into hell. Yes, Dad. And the cut! <coughs> and now, the next scene. That day at the university. Hey, DM. Yes? Do you... Um, I'm so embarrassed asking this, but, uh... Do you... Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I do. Kind of. I kind of do. No, you idiot! She was asking you out. What are you doing? Uh, DM? Why did you think it was so important to look cool and successful? Are you a moron? She was asking whether or not you had a girlfriend because she wanted to be your girlfriend. She's clever, she's nice, she's creative. You admired her for months in silence. This was your one chance. Cut! Uh, DM, you don't know that. Looking at things in retrospect, we can tend to get a bit fixated. The the socially awkward tend to remember these inconsequential moments amidst the world of people much more vividly than the rest of us. You fool! She grows up to be really successful and happy. I saw her Facebook photos. She would have made a great mother to your children. She's a publisher. She could have published a profound thoughts. 
All our hopes and dreams could have been realized, but you couldn't do it, could you? You stupid failure! Oh, I just want to slap you! I just want to slap your stupid ugly face! No! No! Ah, damn! Get off me! If I could just make you better! If I could just get rid of all your stupid thinking! Imagine how much better a man I could be! It's your fault! I'm gonna change you. Adult me is gonna be happy! I'm gonna slap some sense into you! Oh, leave me alone! Leave me alone! Here, wait! Let me hold up this goat as a shield! <laughs> ah, onset cruelty to animals! International animal rights organizations will crucify you! Ah, who cares about the goat? <laughs> Why am I like this? God, I hate myself! I'm gonna beat some sense into myself! Ah, ah, ah. Stop hurting your inner child! This is a wonderful! My art movie just took on a whole new dimension! Victoria Arts Council Prize, here I come! Keep filming! Yes, I already have a girlfriend. What were you thinking, you stupid schmuck? Oh, uh, yeah? You wanted me? Not you, Roland! I was talking to Keith! Oh. Well, what were you thinking? Spit it out, loser! But, well, but, well, well, my motivation for that scene was that I was thinking of my father and how he told me not to be a sinner and not to sinfully desire people. So I deflected the university girl's interests. What? My father? And here I was all this time thinking I just said that because I was thick and trying to look cool. It was my father's fault. He ruined my chance at happiness. DM, you probably would have broken up after six months anyway. You know what these youthful relationships are like. I think you're putting too much emphasis on this. It's you! You ruined my life, you clutterbuck! Is this because I borrowed your flashlight? I'll give it back, I swear. Why was I never good enough for you? I don't know, I just... I, I always pictured my best friend looking like Tyrone Power. Now you say I'm... I, I'm your friend? Dad, I... I never knew. Well, a friend. Like I said, I'm saving best friend for a guy who looks like Tyrone Power. Dad, you just wanted... <laughs> you just wanted a son who reflected your dreams. I understand. This is a great stuff. Keep going. I've been slapped, shaved, insulted, made to violate health and safety laws by carrying heavy loads. I've had enough of this. I don't want to play this role anymore. I don't care if breaking my contract means I never work again. I just want to get out of here. Hey, if if you want work, we could use a guy like you. Here are the details. Uh, hey, thanks. Hey, hey, where did he go? Hmm, what is this? Hmm. I know I'm a sinner, Dad. I know. I try to be good. That's nice. Inside me, there's something holding me back. From happiness, from, from success. I hmm. always believe I'm just not good enough. I just don't deserve it. There's always something holding me back. Uh, do you wear a spinal brace? I never knew. Director, I'm quitting. I don't care that it breaks my contract and that I don't get paid and that my agent will cut all ties to me and I'll be blacklisted and you may well sue me. I hate this shambolic operation. I'm leaving. And I'll have you know that a teamster just handed me a hastily handwritten note promising me a role in the latest Smurf movie. So I'll still make it. You'll see. Daddy... What is wrong with me? How could I be better? Well, whenever we chip in together for alcohol, you always drink more than half. I wouldn't mind if you just paid for more than half to begin with. I can feel myself 
hanging above hell. Daddy, I know I can drop any time. I just want you to help me. Hello? It's me, Keith. Here I am. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, there you are. Hello. You just sit here. Okay, cool. Oh, so you have the camera there, set up, ready to go. <laughs> now, uh, lean forward and put your head uh, here. Oh, I see. You have a big fake guillotine. Movie special effects. I love it. Now I'm just going to strap you in. You know, I would have done anything to get away from playing in that awful movie. I didn't want to inhabit the DM for another second. Even his pain was tedious. My personal pain is more interesting than his. I think it's because he has no hope and deserves no success. Hence, his suffering is ultimately boring and pointless. My pain, meanwhile, is poignant because you know it has been inflicted unfairly. Okay, you are strapped in. Now, look at the camera. Great, great. Then the Smurfs will all be CGI, I guess. It's very dark here in this cellar. I don't want to spend too much on lighting, eh? Yeah, I suppose it'll all look fine with digital grading. Say, you must have been in a hurry and your handwriting was a little difficult to read. Uh, what kind of Smurf movie is this exactly? Now I'm going to get ready to pull the rope. You keep looking at the camera. Hello? Uh, what are my lines? Oh, am I playing the strong silent type? Acting with my body. I love that. Very Greek chorus. Very Comedia. What's my motivation? Am I hunting the Smurfs? Or are the Smurfs my friends? Or Just keep looking at the camera. Hmm. Three, two, one. 